0: cheers danny he has put us live oh, because fuck. we are absolute yeah john we're live please do not say fuck or bugger uh hello we are a burk wonderland danny has put us live uh fuck it this is the post arsenal game and post arsenal game they're all post arsenal games come on john this is what happens when he throws me in a tiz i've got no idea what's going on we played man united these are all Arsenal games. We are a Burkout Wonderland. This week we are an Arsenal podcast. Um, I think
1: that's, that's the I intro, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I can't introduce you anymore because I've already mentioned you about four times already. <laughs> hello. What's going hello, on John, as
1: everyone likes me saying. Oh, exactly. we won. hello, John. Hello, you fucking Josh. idiot. Amazing. Josh. How are you? How are you, Josh?
0: I'm very well, thank you. Uh, all the better for us actually winning that game 1-0 because for about, should we say about 70 to 80 minutes of that game, I thought this has got 1-0 United win with some massive controversial, fluky winner written all over it, whether or not that was going to be McTominay scoring from 45 yards. (laughs) And Leno has been blinded because, you know, Mike Dean has got his watch out and he's just kind of tilting the light into his eyes to blind him. It was going to be something like that that we wouldn't get. But yeah, to get it with a penalty up at Old Trafford for a 1-0 win. You can't say fairer than that, to be honest. But what did you think of the performance in general?
1: Um, I thought we were excellent. Uh, In particular, first half, second half, we dropped off a bit. But just overall the game, I thought the game plan I set out seemed to work um united helped us in that in that they were pretty poor i thought for them in the first half they're obviously still thinking about the spurs game and how on earth do you lose that many goals to spurs ha ha ha. although uh, spurs um but no i just thought he got his tactics spot on and everyone played really well through the whole team um i know some players got a bit slated on twitter and i was trying to defend a few people uh but i just thought that overall performance was excellent we nullified what united tried to do we shut down their, you know, best players and the most influential ones really well in the game. And just like really won, really well done. Mikhail and all the boys, I know we won it for a penalty in the end, but I thought we made enough chances that we could have won the game in open play anyway. So, Oh, it's just relief, just absolute relief that we've won it and finally got that fucking, you know, that monkey off our back.
0: Yeah. I think that's the most frustrating thing about that whole game from that performance is we didn't create more chances from it, did you think one thing that I was kind of very stressed about was not closing down Maguire or Lindelof as quickly as you possibly could because we know Harry Maguire, he might you know, there's clips on YouTube where he looks like he's good on the ball but in realistically if you close him down quick enough he's going to give it away and I thought that's possibly why we saw Willian come in for Pepe was there anything else in the lineup as well that you thought was a bit I um know. I wasn't
1: overly surprised a bit I saw a few people sort of tilt their heads at the selection of Elneny that to me made sense I thought Jaka hasn't been in great form lately Tobias, so I don't think he's been playing particularly well and Elneny's not exciting he's not you know a flair player or anything like that but he's Mr consistent he'll give you seven out of 10 every game he was Probably better than that, to be fair today. But what he does do is just release the ball, give the centre-backs an option. He's always moving. He will run all game for you as well. He's got a really good engine. Um, And what what we saw from it as well was that it allowed Partey to play a bit higher up the pitch and drive on with the ball, um, which is something we've kind of wanted since Partey's come in and we haven't seen it. And obviously it's early days. But I think that really helped release him. Um, And also he's got that ability to drop in, back into the defence as well, because it was kind of a, is it a back three today? Is it a back four? It was obviously changing throughout the game, depending on when we were defending or not. Um, the only other question mark I had was maybe Willian, just because um, I know it was Dundalk, but Pepe, I thought, mm. at first he started poorly in that game, but he he came on and obviously and was doing better as the game went on and then scored that amazing goal. But I think what you're talking about in terms of what Willian will offer you off the ball and his sort of positional play Uh, He's excellent at that and that closing down and stuff. So I think if we'd maybe gone two up or something like that, you might have seen Pepe come on rather than us just try and, you know, uh, make a few more defensive subs and and just hold out for the last 10 minutes. Um, If it's 2-0, Pepe maybe comes on and then we can stretch him a bit. But, yeah, just... I thought the lineup was pretty much as expected. I was hoping Lacazette wouldn't play through the middle; it'd be a But I guess that's kind of wishful thinking at the moment because Mikel seems pretty certain on that. And to be fair to Lacazette, I thought he did a pretty good job today.
0: Yeah, and I think the other thing to look at is what options do we really have on mm-hmm. that left wing if we do drop out Lacazette, play a central, Reese Nelson? We've only seen him play what against Dundalk—that's his only yeah. real minutes of the season. So I don't think he's particularly an option there. I wonder what will happen when Marcinelli comes back to fitness.
1: Yeah, that will be the interesting one. And maybe maybe we'll see him and a bit more rotation in the forward line. Because at the moment, it seems like Arteta's favourites seem to be Lacazette, Aubameyang and Willian as his front three, at least for the Premier League games. And we should probably say hello to the chat. Hello, chat yes yeah. uh, so so yeah, i got
0: around to that i was trying to find a good way to segue <laughs> into it and go phil Michael was the first one here and then it was yemi fash uh, who has got one of i'm trying to work out what kit it is because it's very small uh the icon on my screen yeah i know it's a blue one i know it's arsenal and i know it might say fly emirates on it but other than that i'm at a complete loss of which kit it actually is and it might even be black who knows uh, it is mm. very small. Um, Mike Hertz is in there. He's got uh, another concept kit, uh, which I can work out is either Arsenal or Barnsley. Uh, gonna I'm going gonna, to guess it. Arsenal, yeah. Yeah, but knowing Danny and putting Preston North End badges up for at least a month, <laughs> it probably <laughs> is a Barnsley shirt with Fly Emirates on the front of it because no one's going to be able to distinguish the badge at a couple of pixels yeah. high. Um I just want to say quickly
1: a big thank you as well to uh, Pete Colton just for uh, dropping in and, and leaving a like uh, Hope family who are suffering with COVID, uh, recovering everything, and um, everyone at ABWs, as always, with all of our listeners, um, hoping you all pull through. And this, if you're in the UK as well, you're not going to suffer too much with this new shitty lockdown. But fuck the bad news. Talk about the game. Just there's not a lot to talk about in the actual game itself. It's probably more about individual performances. Um Oh, God, I don't know. where. To... Can we start with our new boy, Partey? Oh, yeah. Let's do that. Because I... I thought he was fantastic today. Really, really good.
0: Yeah, he was like, uh, I don't want to go, this might be a bit harsh, but he seemed like El Nenny when he came in. Like he mm-hmm. still had all of that excitement, that engine. Uh, he had a little bit more to his game in terms of moving the ball between his feet. If you know what I mean, to try and dribble out of situations, but otherwise, I think him and El Nenny, that's yeah, you can see where the extra money is and where yeah. it's gone into. He's more than El Nenny because of those bits and pieces. And I thought he was superb in that midfield, as we mentioned, that partnership. The way they just blocked any passing lane for Man United when they tried to get the ball out from the back was yeah. just absolutely superb. Uh, I think we can then go on to one of our other new boys and we'll talk about our centre-backs. And I remember a couple of seasons ago, Arsene Wenger saying about one of them, Rob Holding, was it a problem he didn't cost forty million, fifty million 50 million pounds that we're Ooh. not screaming and shouting how good he is. But is it the problem that we only paid 25 million pounds for Gabriel? Because that was, I'm going to, I'm going to say he's probably the best centre-back in the league.
1: Yeah, um, I got I got a message from one of my friends and um, he said, Jesus Christ, Gabriel's a defender, <laughs> which is is probably, if you just read that, you'd be like, well, that's a stupid statement. But knowing Arsenal centre-backs over the last sort of 10 years, you'd be like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Uh, I thought he was superb today. He's, he's calmness on the ball. Um, we were talking about holding as well his performance, but well, the, both of those two were excellent. But Gabriel in particular, some of the uh, tackles he made – um the sliding tackle you made on Matic in the box you know when he's on a yellow card Mm. nailed it by absolutely spot on no no question about that you know they were obviously appealing for a penalty because they're going to do United um but yeah he just just looks superb and he's settled in the league so quickly physically strong he's got the pace to recover his passing seems great um his awareness And the thing I really liked from him and holding today was the moment Rashford or Greenwood got the ball, they were on them straight away. They they timed their runs to close them down perfectly so they didn't have a chance to turn and then face them up and then run with the ball. Because let's let's be fair, Rashford and Greenwood are both two very good players. who, if you give them time, they're going to cause you problems. And we saw that, I think in the first half, there was that one chance that Greenwood got where he was forced quite wide, really good ball from Rashford. Um, and it was the only time he got any space. But they were on them constantly the whole game. Um, and I thought holding as well for a guy who hasn't played for is it since the Liverpool game. I think he got injured. Yeah. Um, to come back into a game like this where you've got to play against two really pacey forwards. You've got Pogba, who I know can be hot and cold, but you've got him and Fernandez behind them who can supply the ball. It's a really big ask, and he was excellent today. I also really enjoyed that, in particular in the first half, he's absolute shit housing on Rashford and kicking him as much as possible.
0: <laughs> I think that was one that was given out to the players because you could see they were always leaving a little bit in on him you when know, mm. they had the opportunity. And that was one thing that worried me coming into the game was Rashford's form. Because yeah. he's another one that, you know what, he'll score all of his goals that's in that season in like a five game window and yeah. then it would just do nothing for the rest of the season and he was coming into that kind of transition you know he just scored a hat trick against Leipzig midweek and you're thinking if we play up by line and they continue with that diamond we might have a problem here yeah but I think the fact that we just stopped them creating any chances and got the gold which made them have to attack I think if they'd scored first they would have picked us off
1: Yeah, I think think that's a totally different game. And if they get that that first goal, then, yeah, I'm not sure that we come back into it. But, yeah, obviously getting the goal the way we did is is great. And then it forces them onto us. But holding a Gabriel were excellent. I thought Tierney and Bellerin as well were really, really good. They offered us outlets all the time uh, out wide and, and got forward as much as they could. But defensively really solid again. And again, another shout for El Neni. When we had to drop into a back three, he was the first man in there, and there seemed to be a really good understanding of positioning, of who's covering who, because when Gabriel and Holding were obviously pushing up on Rashford and, and Greenwood, um, making those challenges, there was space in behind, and then Elneny was dropping in to cover him. So it was really, really good communication. Um, Leno didn't have a lot to do today, just that one save from Greenwood, but again, I thought he was solid. And, when he, and the one thing that we've kind of complained a little bit about uh, with him is he's coming out for corners and flapping a little bit in them. And I thought he was actually really good in the air today and quite dominant and we didn't really give him a chance. Um yeah, just just brilliant defensive performance from the team. Um I want to talk a little bit about
0: uh Willian. Yeah let's go for it. Let's go for it. He, uh, he
1: got some real pelters on Twitter, especially in the first half, which I thought was really harsh. Um I understand when you see a player and I get it the same because I do the same thing to Pepe and I'm guilty of this. When a player runs with a ball and they dribble and you lose the ball, it's really frustrating. You've turned it over and sometimes it's in a bad position and you give the other team a chance to counter. That wasn't the case today because we were so solid you know, behind those front three. But People just seem to ignore all the good things William did. You know, he made one of the best chances that came up there, the really good ball in for Abamyang that you couldn't quite get down. I think Lindelof just got a touch on it last second. Um, he played the other ball as well where Abamyang squared it to Lacazette. And again, Lindelof just got the tiniest touch and Lacazette ended up with an air shot, you know, for it. Um, but I thought he was really good today. You could see he was blowing a bit towards the end of it and that's why he made the sub. But like we said at the start, I think what he offers you off the ball in his positioning and his covering, I think is excellent, you know.
0: Yeah, I think again with William, you know, he, he puts that ball into the top corner mm. and I think we're singing his praises and he was, yeah, you know, man of the match performance from him. But it is those kind of little things and as we're not creating so many chances at the moment, every chance looks like a bigger miss than it actually is.
1: Yeah, like looking of course.
0: At yeah. The Lacazette, Chance, you know, where it comes off the back of Lindelof's foot. Yeah. The the, the air shot. Yeah. The air shot. And I was thinking, oh, God, he's going to get so many pelters for this. Yeah. But it's because he only has one or two shots a game that if he misses them, it becomes more of an issue. Um, But I thought he was really unlucky as well in his general Mm. performance. I thought for the first 68 minutes or so until you started seeing him, you know, start to blow that the performance of Lacazette was, I think, perfect without getting a goal. Yeah, because
1: that, as much as I want to see Aubameyang play through the middle, and I think a lot of fans do, the one thing I'm not sure Aubameyang can do is that pressing and that chasing down that Lacazette does. And his hold-up play sometimes isn't the best, but it's certainly something Aubameyang cannot do uh, particularly well. So I think you do have to give him credit for that. And I was the same. I was really good. I think he even put a tweet out about Lacazette missing that one where he got the air shot. But when you watch the replay, like Lindelof, it's the tiniest nick and it just completely just takes the ball away from him because otherwise I think that is a goal. Yeah. Um, I actually thought we are probably our worst player on the day was probably Bamiyang. Um, He actually looked a little bit off the pace and, and you know, he wasn't making the runs that you normally would and the movement. His one good bit of link play was obviously the Willian chance where he hit the bar. Um, But, yeah, I actually thought he was probably the poorest player on the team. But it doesn't matter when he steps up and he scores the goal, Josh, because that was that was the really exciting bit for me was who's going to take the penalty.
0: Yeah, I think. That was, I think, one getting the penalty in the first Mm. instance. (laughs) I think that was the most exciting thing that happened all game, uh, certainly in the second half for Arsenal. But then when Aubameyang stepped up, I didn't think anyone else would take it. Mm. I don't know why I'd have thought, Else, but uh, one thing I did think was uh, quite nice of Sky was when they put up the graphic of where penalties. They decided to exclude the one he missed at Spurs because that was straight <laughs> <on> that <laughs> no, wasn't on the graphic. <laughs> um, but yeah, otherwise, I think yeah, just a coolly taken penalty. Mm. Uh, I think there were many of many of the pessimists, even the biggest optimists of Arsenal, were assuming we were missing that penalty. Yeah. Um, Irrespective of who was going to step up, you just knew there was there wasn't something necessarily right about it. That yeah, but what did you make of the penalty as well? Uh, um, yeah, I thought it was. Sorry, my flatmate just walked in. I'd love a tea, thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, professional as ever on AEW. Um Yeah, no, I thought it was nailed on. Again, really good, uh, really good ball from Willian. Uh, Bellerin was making those runs all day. He was really getting in behind Tini as well. And just a stupid challenge from Pogba. The thing that pleased me the most is the fact that I think Bellerin probably could have stayed on his feet because Pogba's down and he could have maybe tried to square it or something, but he did the right thing. He just, he's like, he's got the contact. Pogba hasn't touched the ball. Just go down. And look, it's Mike Dean. So the chances are slim you're going to get one, but it's 2020. Weird shit's been happening all this year. I don't know, like, if anyone's watched the news, there's some weird stuff been going on. (laughs) Um, We get a penalty at Old Trafford. We have two centre-backs on a yellow card and they don't get sent off. It's just like, what <laughs> What the fuck is going on? But yeah, I, I thought that was nailed on.
0: Yeah, that was that was huge. I think the general, as you mentioned, the centre-back thing, mm. I was just...
1: Especially how early it was in the game as well, because it was before 30 minutes and I just thought Rashford and Greenwood have got pace all day and all they've got... just yep. I just thought, if I'm United, I'm just knocking that ball in behind Rob Holding as much as possible and just getting him to chase after people. But, yeah, dealt with it really well. But, um, yeah, I really like the build-up play. The ball from William's great. Um, I think if Pogba doesn't get there, then hopefully Hector's picking someone out. And maybe we would have scored from that. Um, Because we hadn't really tested the hater, to be perfectly honest. There was, um, I think, the Aubameyang shot that we should have got a goal uh, corner from. uh, The deflection off of uh, Maguire. And um, then there was the one from Party as well that also got deflection that ended up going wide. But it's... That I'm really pleased with the game and the performance. This is not Arsenal back to where we want them to be, obviously. Arsenal and United are both two teams very much in transition still. But at the moment for us, it's about beating those teams that are in and around us, trying to take points off them so we can get back into the top four in the Champions League, and then we get that extra money to improve the rest of the squad. Because you can already see that Gabriel and Partey have already made a huge difference to the squad. Yeah, now,
0: absolutely. And we've done that on a Europa League budget. Yeah, about exactly. What we can do with a Champions League budget, because I think we've the right people yeah. in place.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So if you if you take that investment, if we get Champions League football and you add into that um, you know, uh, a creative player, whether it's our or someone else, you know, maybe you get another striker or a wide man so you can play a bamyang through the middle or someone to replace Lacazette, whatever it is, it totally transforms the team. And the the interesting thing for me is that it's it's two players down the spine of our team. Something we have been crying out for for a long time under Arson. He tried to do it on a budget. And it's not his. It's not, not Arsene's fault, but he didn't have a lot of money to spend. to so the players, he was getting in there, you're not going to massively improve the team. But Partey and Gabriel just makes such a difference. And I just think it makes everyone else play with confidence as well.
0: Yeah, it looks like bringing Partey in has just... Everyone has stepped their level up a bit more mm. as well. I think people were saying that about James Rodriguez coming into Everton. It, it drags everyone up to that level, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now that they see, especially a player in that position as well, uh, he's got so many things he can do that other players, I think, I wouldn't want to say, I don't want to make Partey sound like a lesser player, but mm. other players have got that kind of stuff in their locker that play for us. They're just yeah. not necessarily seeing that potential within them.
1: I think or maybe very, don't uh, have the don't have the confidence to play it. Yeah, absolutely. And like El Neni is a perfect example of that in the in the way that he is, you know, he came back from his loan. Everyone thought he's probably going to be sold or maybe loaned out again if no one bought him. Arteta's seen him in training. Gone. No, you're exactly the kind of player I want. You're a consistency player. You keep the ball. We just we move it around. And now he's got Thomas Partey to play next to him. And go. Okay, I can just do my stuff. If I get a chance to go forwards, I will do. And I'll play some longer balls. But if not, I know that Thomas is there and I can give it to him and he, and he can do that. Because yeah, Danny's just brought up a stat here of of uh, party in, in the game. Yeah. First for touches, possessions won, tackles, interceptions, and dribbles completed. You can't ask for anything else for a center midfielder. And that's the other thing I like about him. He is a proper center midfielder. He is a Gerard Lampard you know, Vieira go back old, like late nineties, early 2000 centre mid. He's not a DM. He's not an attacking mid. He's someone who will run box to box all game. And there are not those, many of those sort of midfielders around anymore. I think we saw a bit more of his passing range today as well. And just the way he can sort of weave through people and keep the ball. Um, I'm really excited to see what he can do in the team.
0: I think one thing that kind of summed up his performance for me was kind of near the end of the game where he dispossesses Pogba, Mm. Uh, tries to then take it out again, gets dispossessed by Pogba again, and then manages to get back in and win the ball back. Yeah. And then make a decent pass. So it was like he's made a mistake. He's covered for <clears throat> it. You know, he's, and he's just done all these great things for us. And I think the rest of the team can kind of see that. And you saw them not lost causes, but chasing things that they'd lost a lot more. Uh, Yeah, it's something in
1: previous seasons where if a player made that mistake, you'd see them sort of throw their hands up in the air or look down at the floor, and they wouldn't do that. And you see Partey do that, and they go, oh, hang on a minute, I can do that as well. And then he was doing it today. Kieran Tierney's had that sort of attitude since he's come into the club. Saka as well, being a younger guy, he's got a bit more to prove. Um, I thought Saka again today, a little bit quiet, but again, just solid in his play, always offering an option. His partnership with Tierney down that left-hand side, I think is fantastic. Um, it does make us a little bit one-dimensional, I think, at the moment. I um, know uh, Ballerina has been playing really well, but I do think we just over-rely on that left-hand side a little bit too much, which maybe will cause us issues going forwards uh, into other games because if people could lock down that side of the pitch, then um, it's going to be an issue. But I I just just really goes. good performance all day, all round today.
0: Yeah, I think one thing that we kind of struggle with on that left-hand side, though, is what seems to be a Bamiyang's lack of want to get in behind.
1: Mm.
0: Uh, We saw it so many times that, you know, Saka's got the ball and he's looking for the overlap from a Bamiyang. And Bamiyang's just wanting it short. And you're like, come on. Like, I don't think your legs have gone, to put it nicely. You know, you're still, you know, signing that new contract didn't immediately mean, right, legs gone, that's it, out to pasture. He should have been pushing a lot more, I thought, as a just to try and get through that back line. Because you know, if you ran at Wampasaka or you ran at Lindelof, you're gonna get something out of it. It might not necessarily be a chance for him, but there'll be a free kick in it for us. And he's decent at free kicks, Lacazette's decent at free kicks. We had William on there who I would say politely is a free kick merchant. That's all he really does is take (laughs) decent free kicks. Um, And yeah, I think we've got some questions coming through as well. If anyone Mm. else in the chat box does have some questions related to Arsenal versus Man United should say, I don't want what are you having for tea because I need to make mine and I'd rather, you know, answer that at another time.
1: Josh Um, is a very private
0: person. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, but we've got a question in here from David. Uh, why does Arteta continue with Lacazette? I think we covered a little bit about that <clears> already, <throat> talking about the work rate, the link-up play, but uh, and you know how unfortunate he is with some of the chances. But is there anything you want to add to that as well?
1: No, look, I get the frustrations, and sometimes I see his name on the team sheet, and I just think, oh, no, like this guy, sometimes he looks like he's like towing a boat behind him and stuff and looks like he's really sluggish, but he does do so much work off the ball that I don't think gets paid attention to, which is what Arteta is asking for, which is why I think you've seen a lot of Enketia this season, because he's young and he's got the energy to do it. Um it's why you've seen Enketia in there as well a lot. I don't think a can do that. And I think until Arteta gets more players in the squad, he won't necessarily be able to um play a Bamiyang through the middle. And this game is a very different game. This is not us playing West Brom or, you know, uh, I don't know, Burnley or someone like that. It's against Man United. I know this is not the Man United of old, but we're not the Arsenal of old either. So you've got to go in with a certain approach of, we have to close players down. We have to pressure them. Um, I thought you did a really good job on Fred, who this season has probably been one of United's best players and really just nullified him out of the game. He had like no influence on the game whatsoever and he ended up having to come off. So... I think that's why he's persisting with him. Will it be long term? I'm not sure. I think Arteta wants a better player in there. But at the moment it's a case of working with what we've got. And I know people get frustrated with Obamiang on the left, but he's like I think he's expected goals from the left hand side to playing through the middle is hardly different at all. If you shove him out on the right, it drops right down. But from the from the left hand side to the centre, it's it's not a big loss. So but he got his goal today, so hopefully we'll find his shooting boots again.
0: I would say the other thing to look at, I think uh I won't say who put it in the chat, but I have missed it because it has scrolled past. I think it was K Man. Yeah, K Man uh eighteen sixty-seven has just says Lacazette is a way better option and than Enketia at number nine. I completely agree yeah. for what we were asking him to do because look yeah. at Enketia's performance after he comes on. He can't hold the ball up at all because no. and it's not his fault, but someone needs to go at Colney and put him on the stretching rack, you know, give him a bit more height. Yeah, presence up there. Put more muscle
1: on him and stuff. He's still a very young kid. I think if it's yeah. if it's a different game and we're firing balls into the box and there's a lot of, you know, getting to the byline and pulling it back into the six-yard box, that sort of thing. And Ketty is probably all over that. He's going to be that, you yeah. know, tapping merchant kind of goal poacher. Um, but he's not a physical hold-up player. There's something that might come later in his career when he's matured, but he's still, what, 19,
0: 20? He's still very young. 20, he's 21-ish, yeah. yeah. And I think the player I'd look at if we want something like that is Balogun. From the times and the little cameo we saw, again, only Dundalk, but look at the size of him, look at the that kind of attributes that he's got, got a great touch yeah. on him, could make those little passes in bring other players into the game, and I think that's the key player we'd see get subbed in He's yeah. probably a season away from that, but that's the that's the big upside that we've got of seeing a player like that, that we can solve that internally. we we'll probably get an upgrade for Lacazette elsewhere mm. if we can get a more suited player to that. But for the moment, he's kind of fitting the criteria that we yeah. need.
1: It'll be interesting to see when Martinelli's back, if Aubameyang gets more time through the middle, if Lacazette's... Not his form, but his goal-scoring form is, is still the same. That, that'll that be the interesting one. Um, I've got a question for you, Josh, uh, from Carly Elguna. Do we now have the best defence in the Premier League? Um, statistically, looking at the table, we currently do. But do you agree that it is the best defence in the league?
0: I'm going to be completely biased and say yes, of course. Of course we've got the best defence in the league. But then you go through the kind of top teams. Mm. Man City... They might look a little bit better now that they've got Diaz in there. Yeah. Uh, with Laporte. Uh, I can't think of their left back here. Someone that cost them 150 bazillion pounds. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's Benjamin Mendy. No, so they're out immediately. That guy doesn't know what defending is if it hit him in the face. Uh, and then Carl Walker. If we go to Man United, yeah, we haven't got a wardrobe at centre back, so we're fine. Chelsea. Chelsea have kept a couple of clean sheets now. I think they're getting towards having a decent defence. Yeah. Uh, but Frank Lampard still can't organise one, so we're fine no. in that regard. Uh, Spurs, enough said. Uh, who else have we got in there? Liverpool. Well, unfortunately, from what I heard on uh, Liverpool Twitter, they had their um, best centre-back cremated after Jordan Pickford's tackle on him. Um
1: and the other thing I would say about Liverpool is that their are full-backs, excellent as they are going forwards. Mm. I think uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, or Terence Trent Darwin, whatever yes. the fucking name is that guy, as good as he is going forwards, that one in particular, I think he's weak defensively. Um, but Liverpool have just their team so good that you don't get to see it exposed as, as much uh, in games. But yeah, I do think they've got defensive weaknesses.
0: Yeah, so I think just as a generic back four, I think we're the best balanced, and that's what Mm -hmm. our defence is about. It's not necessarily about having the best players in it. It's about creating balance in there. Yeah, Uh, partnerships between players,
1: yeah, Yeah. that, that kind of thing. And I think the other big improvement, not just the players we've got in Gabriel in particular, is that our midfield is much more secure in front of them now. Whether we're playing a three or a four, everyone knows their job. Whereas I think under Emery, you could give them the same players and it's not going to be as, uh, as defensively sound because the midfield is going to be a mess. So, yeah, I, I think it, it, it all comes in, in partnerships and an understanding between each other because you could have the two best-rated centre-backs in the world, but if they can't play together, it's just not going to work.
0: Yeah, I agree. A uh, Question from Ryan Cost. I'm going to put this to you, John. Uh, mm. Did you feel we went too conservative in the end, bringing on Mainsley and Mustafi? Uh, it's just perhaps Pepe could have come on to provide an out ball during the last 10 minutes. Um,
1: a little bit. I was, uh, to be honest, I completely missed the Ainsley Maitland substitution. I think the first time I realized he was on was when he touched the ball and then fell over. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, oh, when did that sub happen? Um, I understood the Mustafi one. Um, holding was obviously struggling a little bit. Um, so they wanted to shore that up there. And I think going back to the actual proper back free at that point of the game is fine. I get the calls for Pepe, and I do understand it. And I think if we're 2-0 mm-hmm. up, then I think Pepe comes on for uh, Willian um, rather than Ainsley maitland nas just because you've got that little bit of an extra buffer and you know United are going to have to come on to you and push so you can make those, you know, try and get him and release him up the pitch and try and run with the ball. And I think at one nil, it's um, it's a different game. It, it, again, it's one of those things of if you're playing West Brom or Burnley or um, I don't know, Brighton, you know, any of those teams, not to be disrespectful to them, then maybe Arteta makes a different decision and Pepe comes on. When it is Man United and as inconsistent as they have been, they are still got some very good players and are a real threat, so you've got to be wary of that. I think that's the big difference. This is the sort of game where, you know, under Emery, we either end up losing it or we scrape a draw. Um, maybe in the last couple of years under Arsenal as well, probably the same thing kind of happens Whereas at the moment, these kind of games where we'd be 1-0 up, we'd be really under the cost for 10-15 minutes, we'd drop points. At the moment, we seem to be hanging on and holding on to games and stuff like that, which I think is massively improved for us. So that's, that's really good news.
0: Yeah, and I thought the thing with Mustafi coming on, I think was a bit of a... Um, we saw Holding go down earlier mm. in the game, uh, clutching his calf, but came back on and I think afterwards... I didn't see anything wrong with his mobility in general, but again, yeah. I'm not a doctor or a physio, so I can't yeah. notice kind of the other, Yeah. The
1: other big thing with Mustafi as well is he's um, as frustrating as he can be positionally. He's, uh, he's so good in the air and you know, the last five, 10 minutes of the game like that, where you're holding on, they're going to put a lot of balls into the box. You know, uh, chances are they might throw a Maguire up front, that kind of thing. Um, and as, dodgy as Mustafi can be at times. Aerially, he's really, really good and wins the ball a lot. So, um, yeah, I, I think that was a good, you know, I thought all round today, Arteta got everything spot on. Perfect.
0: Is there any other questions when want to go through?
1: Um, yeah, just two very quick ones. Um, one from Bavajan, whose name I've probably butchered, probably. I'm <laughs> really sorry. Um, is El Nelly and Partey the midfield against low blocks?
0: What do you reckon to Ooh. that, Josh? Uh I think Partey's in there because of his passing ability. Mm. And then he's been, from what we can see, kind of great. Uh, if Partey hasn't gone, he's going. Mm. Uh, and one of them is at least stopping that counter. Yeah. I think the question is, who's the other player in there? Today it was Saka. Uh, I think if Aubameyang helps him out a little bit more with some overlapping runs, so it's not always out to Tierney because a mm. club, especially a low block, club, is going to be absolutely fine with you pinging millions of balls into their head yeah. uh, or into their area and just allowing them to head it out. So I think that's the key thing, is who's that other player? Is it Sabios, or yeah. is it Xhaka as a little cheeky one in there? We know which player it's not going to be in there because uh, <laughs> he's not in the squad. But I think in general that's one thing to look at, is it's who's the other player? Because I think the balance between Anani and Party is a superb foundation to build upon.
1: Yeah, um, really good shout, actually, in a box from uh, Kiamet B, his name I've also probably butchered. Um, Willock would uh, be an interesting one. And I think that's something you might see if Saka gets played as sort of the left-siding uh, attacker, you know, in place of Yang maybe moving to the middle, um, just because he does offer you those third-man runs and, and stretches a, a midfielder in the defence and moves them around. Um, yeah. Right, one last question before we go. Um, and it's from Archangel. What do we do with Pepe? Uh, I have no idea. We play him a lot in the Europa League, that's for sure. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I, as frustrating as he is at times, he can obviously do the absolutely ridiculous. On his weaker foot as well, that goal was fucking unbelievable. Um, I don't know. I think you've just got to have patience with him. And the team is not built for him to play at the moment in the, in the way he did in France. Um, that whole sort of team in France was really kind of built around him and his abilities, and we're not set up to play like that. We don't really have the squad to do it. But with time, hopefully, uh, he'll do well. If not, I don't know. Maybe eventually we'll sell him and um, and not make too much of a loss on him.
0: Yeah, I think that question has come to people who, well, it comes to two people who aren't mostly positive about Nicolas Pepe in an Arsenal show. Yeah. I think I'd. <laughs> I suggested we take him to Mulder just so he's acclimatised for his move to Zenit because it's that kind of place that he'd end up if we sold him. Um, again, I think it's got to be patient with him. I know we're annoyed some fans are annoyed that we got a Willian in, but that's because oh. Pepe didn't show the kind of consistency that we wanted. Rhys Nelson's still here. Uh, I think Arteta said in the you know Dundalk game that Reece was offered to go out on loan because he'd get more game time. He said no, he wants to stay. So there is options to go in his position again, and I think I think it's just a case of patience. We're not going to get the money back that we paid for sure, no. but there's a higher chance of us doing that if we play him in games as well. Yeah. anywhere near that, but otherwise, yeah. phone call to Zenit Saint Petersburg, and he'll be there in uh, January. Means- okay, I,
1: I will ask one quick question because John Bernstein complained. Sorry, John, yep. I didn't see a question. Uh, if you can only make one change to this starting lineup for Leeds, who do you change? Um, I would change – oh, fuck, would I change anyone? You know what? I would – yeah, I'd change one and I would put Pepe in place of Lacazette and move a in through the middle. That's it. Ooh. And I'd move William to the left. That would be my one change, just because Leeds are extremely structured. And I think having one player on the pitch who is totally unstructured and mental slightly with the ball when you never know what he's going to do can cause some havoc.
0: Yeah, I, I wonder who kind of comes out of that team. I wonder about Saka coming out because um, mm. you mentioned about Leeds. Uh, I think I'm not sure if Saka is tactically astute enough yet to really understand what's happening in that lead midfield for yeah. what to do and what not to do. And I think Arteta will be shouting so many commands out in general. He can't just be coaching one player through this kind of game. Yeah. Uh that would be my only question on that. Um the other alternative though is playing Jaka. Yeah, uh, which or maybe a Sabios. I probably that would probably be the change I would make would be Saka for Sabios. Mm. Or maybe even El Neni for Sabios. I think it was those superb. A bit more going forward, someone that can cut through those lines because you have to be really quick to break yeah. through leads. We saw that when we played them in the FA Cup last season. Mm. That again, we've got to try and get through that back four or get through their back line. And you've got to be really quick and precise with your passing. And I think that's where Sabios over El Nenny might be the better, best option yeah. for us.
1: But yeah. Well, that's it. We beat Man United. Um, I'm still in shock. I can't believe it. But Josh needs to eat, and we're trying to keep the shows half an hour. We've already got over that. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, we're on Twitch and Facebook and all the other things. Are we on TikTok as well? I don't even know I what you're on called. Periscope as well. I've it. Oh, okay. We're, we're on the submarine as well. Apparently, so we're we're on all the things. Danny's got an OnlyFans, probably. <laughs> Um, Jesus Christ don't ever subscribe to that but yeah that was the game have a lovely wonderful Sunday evening have a few drinks or whatever it is that you enjoy and um,
0: just laugh at Roy Keane being very miserable now excellent I think that's what we all want to see is Roy Keane being angry but Danny if you could do the honours you say like and subscribe and Danny can you switch your shit off please as soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid splendid business Get down, dog.